Some movies are highbrow, some movies are lowbrow. Welcome to the Highbrow Lowbrow Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kirschenbaum. I'm Cooper Gagan. Uh, each week we pick a topic and talk about two movies that fit that topic, one highbrow, one lowbrow, and this week the topic is vampires. Vampires! Today our movies are Twilight versus Only Lovers Left Alive. Twilight is the story of Bella Swan, a mopey teenager who moves in with her dad in the Pacific Northwest. There she meets Edward, a mysterious student who turns out to be a part of a family of sexy, sexy vampires. Bella and Edward start dating, which causes her to be the target of a rival group of vampires who have been preying on the local townsfolk. Edward must then protect Bella from James, a particularly nasty vampire who has decided that he wants to kill Bella out of pure spite. Twilight is directed by Catherine Hardwick, written by Melissa Rosenberg, based on the book series by Stephanie Meyer, and it stars R-Pats, K-Stew, Babyface Beefcake, and Kill Cam, aka Volchuk, for all my OC fans out there. <laughs> Specifically the uh, OC fans of season three. Yeah, all which is one of you. a weird season. Yeah, Season four is even weirder. It's like half the length. Right. I, I bailed on that show by in late season three, I think. I think I came back a few episodes in season four and like Ryan was in a fight club and I'm like, Jesus, I, I gotta go back. And Kevin Sorbo's his dad. Oh, right. It's wild. Man. You know it shows off the rails when Sorbo shows up. Yeah. I mean, God's Not Dead got off the rails immediately when Sorbo <laughs> showed up. And then our other movie, Only Lovers Left Alive. Adam and Eve are two ancient vampire lovers who are in a long-distance relationship. Adam lives in Detroit, where he isolates himself from the world and works on his music that he doesn't want anyone to hear. Eve lives... Eve lives... Fuck. <laughs> Eve lives. Eve uh, lives in Tangiers. Uh, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take a deep breath. You can do it. All right. <sighs> you going from the top or you going to pick it up? From the top, baby. All right, let's do it. Adam and Eve are two ancient vampire lovers who are in a long-distance relationship. Adam lives in Detroit, where he isolates himself from the world and works on his music that he doesn't want anyone to hear. Eve lives in Tangiers, where she hangs out with Christopher Marlowe and generally acts like a hipster. When Adam seems depressed on the phone, Eve comes to visit him. They hang out some more. A surprise visit from Eve's chaotic sister, Eva, or Ava, totally harshes their vibe when she kills Adam's human buddy. They hide the body and flee to Tangiers, where they hang out some more. Then, exhausted from a long flight without blood, they decide to break their rule of nonviolence and attack a young couple. Only Lovers Left Alive is written and directed by Jim Jarmusch and stars Tilly Swintz, Loki, The Hurt Locker, and our sweet departed prince, Anton Yelkin. That was a good that was a good breakdown. I like the I like the names for the actors. I think it's gonna be I mean, I don't even know specifically who you we were talking about. I know the actors, and I know your funny names for them. Yeah. And so it's gonna be fun kinda of like pairing them up, figuring out during the during the pod. Yeah, Josh, that was taxing. <laughs> I do not have the lung capacity for these. It's funny because we've been talking about like, all right, we want to get the, the plot stuff out of the way early. So we tried just sort of like, let's just fumble our way through it and thought that would be fun. And that was a little bit like a little fumbly. Yeah. And then so we're like, let's just get up. Let's get a fucking spiel together and just rock it through. And that's hard, too. That's like high pressure. Yeah. I got to, like, take breaths to breathe. <laughs> I think next time what we do, we just read out the uh, the hyperlink for uh, the Wikipedia page for the movies. Oh, so and it's the, like HTTP colon slash slash IMDb dot pro dot com slash yeah. one five six five five four 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 eight nine nine ten ABC. And then we just put like 20 minutes of dead air for our listeners to, to like, read it. Yeah, to read it. So they're, and then we're like, are you right? Are you ready? And then we say, like, okay, we'll give you more time. That seems like the smart option. Yeah, let's go with that. And then it'll look like our podcast is actually longer than it is, which is good. I don't know if it's good. We'll find out. It works for Pete Holmes. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are like two hours long, especially the movie ones. Yeah. You know what? Let's not, we're going to feel it out. We're going to aim for, we're going to, let's aim for two hours. And then when you come short, we'll feel bad about failing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about vampires and Twilight. Right off the bat, I want that. I want to say this is the first time I'd seen Twilight ever. And lucky you. I kind of, I, I wanted to like it. Because I'm thinking back to like high school 
you know, 2008, the movie comes out, books are before that. And, you know, like it, Twilight got so much grief from like nerds on the internet. And like, it definitely feels like a lot of that was motivated by like misogyny and like, oh, girls like it, so we have to hate it. So I'm like, okay, I've grown a little bit since 2008. Maybe it turns out that this is actually kind of fun. Maybe it'll be kind of uh, uh, tongue in cheek. It'll have a lot more value to it. I'll be like, oh, I really should have been hating on this. And I hate to say it, but I feel like the shitty misogynist nerds may have Maybe a, clo- a stop clock situation here. They should like it because this movie is the ultimate agent of misogyny. But I also enjoy this movie great. I enjoyed both these movies greatly. These are both Cooper movies. Yeah, these are both. I, I'll be honest. I I, I uh, disappointed by Twilight, but I did come in with weirdly high expectations because I wanted to have like a hot take on it. Yeah. And only Lovers Left Alive. I was a little disappointed for because I had high expectations for it because I really love Jim Jarmusch and I think he makes really good movies. He does. And I think this one. I think he ranks more to the bottom for me for his. Still a good movie. Still very interesting. Peak vibes. What's your top? Coffee and cigarettes? Uh, Ghost Dog. Wait, Samurai. Oh, Ghost Dog's great, yeah. yeah. Mine would be Coffee and Cigarettes. Coffee and Cigarettes, close number two. And then, what else? Oh, I've seen Dead Don't Die. Not very good. Yeah. I need to see Patterson, because Patterson seems great. Well, that's the Jarmusch cycle, is that every time he gets like a pseudo breakthrough, of like, and people are like, oh, Jim Jarmusch finally going a little mainstream, and he gets a movie that has got a hype on it. And it ends up being, like, I think that was Dead Don't Die coming off Patterson or Limits of Control coming off of Broken Flowers. He kind of has these, like, every time he's about to get more accessible, he just drops, like, a very unaccessible movie, which I think is just sort of his whole vibe. Maybe it's, like, the kind of you make one for them and you make one for you. Right. Kind of The ones for them are always, like, seem like they're for nobody. I don't know. I love Jim Jarvis. You make one for nobody, you make one for you. That's the the cycle of Hollywood. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, look, I, lo- I do love Jim Jarmusch. He's, I think he's, like, such an interesting filmmaker. He's such a, like, generally just cool-looking man. Like, based on the movies, I thought he'd be basically, like... I don't less... know what he looks like. Really? Look it up. Okay, hold I, on. You're going to hear some you're gonna hear some typing right now. Because you hear... You think Jim Jarmusch, if you see his movies... It's, I had... It took three tries. That What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right? Because you think Jim, oh, Jim he's like movies. He's like if David Lynch had, like, a cousin who was even weirder. And even cool, like... Jim Jarmusch movies, there's all these, they're very intellectual, but they're also very goofy. You think he's basically would be like a more nebbish Wes Anderson, just based on what the movies are. And then you see him and he's like, cool as hell. I can see this guy being friends with the Rizzo. Yeah, I get you get it. it, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> uh, we got to drop a picture of him in the show notes and any picture will do because he always just looks so cool. His hair is going in unexpected directions. Yeah, he's got, he's always wearing sunglasses in the pictures I've seen. I haven't seen a picture without sunglasses in like forever. It explains why in Only Lovers Left Alive, all the, I feel like all the characters are just always wearing sunglasses. Oh man, when life. Anton Yelkin puts on little sunglasses <laughs> to be, to be cool. Oh my God, Anton Yelkin is so adorable in this movie. I love movie. him in this. It's just he's so, so good. He's so great. At first, I didn't recognize him as Anton Yelkin. I thought it was the guy who played charlie manson in once upon a time in hollywood oh, really yeah which is definitely not the same guy no Anton yelchin and then know. i was like oh is, it, is it yelchin i think so yeah okay i should learn how like the last episode i should learn how to say the actors names well what we do is you do yelk yelk what do you do are you saying yelkin yelkin we do yelkin and i say yelchin and we got a 50 one of us will be right potato potato <laughs> potato potato yeah, yeah potato, potato. <laughs> um yeah. no he's so good in this movie um while we're on i want to talk about it. i think he's just like so funny it's such a good roadie performance because I think this, the whole Only Lovers Left Alive, I think so much of it seems to be about like old rock stars. I love how this this is just about music and like loving music. Yeah. And specifically like about like of a certain rock culture that's kind of dead by now. Yeah, you know? true. And and I just think the Anthony Elchin is like this roadie who is like attending to, he's basically like a vampire familiar, but like as a roadie. Mm-hmm. The, the line when um, Hiddleston, you know, Loki is like, he needs to get like a wooden bullet. 
It right. has the most specific specification. Yeah, well, ironwood, preferably. Right. He's yeah. like, this very specific. It needs to be like a hard wooden bullet. And Elton Elgin without a beat is like, yeah, no, I know a guy. Yeah. It's like, who has a wooden bullet? Guy? He's like, this is only like, the best roadie in the world does. Yeah. It's like, this is like, um, so my dad used to work in the music industry. And when he was younger, he used to work at a music venue in Toronto where his job was just to get all the shit for their writers. So it'd be so like if you don't know a contract writer is in addition to your contract that usually just specifies shit that you want in your dressing room and it's like those like classic stories about like Guns N' Roses wanted like a jar of like red M and M's and like right. some poor guy has to like pick out all the red M and M's out of it. So my dad was in charge of like getting all the shit, but it was like in Toronto, so you'd have to find like six pineapples in Toronto in the winter <laughs> in like the eighties, which is impossible. Uh, roadies, rock stars. Oh man, so cool. <laughs> This is also a movie about, like, what if vampires were hipsters? Right. Which, to be fair, all Jim Jarmusch movies are what if X was hipsters. But the thing is, vampires makes... A hipster... I have the note that just, like, hipster behavior makes sense when you're a vampire. Right, because they, they've seen everything already. They're over, they actually are over it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And actually, that is sort of the best part of this movie is just hipster vibes. Yeah. Of, like, the hipster people I know, like... They have an opinion about everything and it's not what you thought it would be. So if you're trying to like suck up to them or something, you can't really pin it down. And then, um, but yeah, it's just that kind of like too cool for school vibe and like that world that like cultivated worldliness that like in real life hipsters is like annoying because it's fake and manufactured. But with these guys, it makes sense because they've been alive for like 400 years. Right. Just like the kind of thing where it's like, oh, like. If you're, if you're like, oh, yeah, like, I went to Tangiers one time. Like, oh, well, did you go to this, like, bar nobody's heard of? I was like, no, I didn't. I went to the place of the guidebook. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you haven't all lived in Tangiers. I do want to pivot to um, uh, Twilight in a second, but I think I want to talk about, like, just the settings of both of them, I think, are actually kind of fun. Cause... Oh, in Detroit. Yeah, we got to talk about fucking dead-ass Detroit. Right, because this movie takes place in two cities that I don't think I've, like, seen in a film, like, depicted this way. Like, well, you've definitely seen Detroit a lot, but in post-apocalyptic films. Right. Where it's, like, a zombie, where it's just a bunch of burning cars. Or 8 Mile, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And, but, yeah, so we have, like, movie starts where they're separate, and Tilda's, like, in Tangiers, and it's very, like, worldly. It's a mm-hmm. lot of people, like, smoking hookah and, like, walking around the streets. It's all thing is shot like a Wong Kar Wai movie. It's kind of like in, like, 40s and 50s movies where they just, like, go to the Middle East and it's, like, exotic. Right. Yeah. And then you get to Detroit, and it's just dead yeah although the other thing is that they do they love detroit like they don't yeah. really do detroit bits they're not like yeah, they're not ripping on they're it. not ripping on it they're just like look at this like cool old like music venue that turned into a parking lot yeah they seem to enjoy it i guess which is something i hadn't thought about it, i guess it's also because like it's a place that they have access to because there aren't people anywhere because it is a dead city right and they can still see their like hipster uh, uh like thrash thrash metal band or punk metal band yeah and, yeah which they uh, get such a funny scene when they finally go out for the first time oh man it's so good and then it's also this is a movie with like zero conflict like the one little thing that happens is that mia wazikowski like shows up is chaotic and then eats anton yelkin and they're like bummed out about it but not that much so the scene where they kick her out about it is so fun. I mean, oh, I think yeah. Miwaskowska is so funny as her sister. Like mm-hmm. the sort of that thing where it, like they, you're right, the, the chaos agent of it all, where it's just like I'm always going to say the thing that is the most selfish. I'm always going to say the thing that is the most unhelpful mm-hmm. to your sad boyness or your worldliness. Um, you know, like the second she lands, she's just like, I want more blood. Give me this. Give me that. You know, she's always like, Oh, we got to go out. Oh, we got to do this. Oh, I'm going to spend time with. Uh, I was it Rick Ian. What's what's Anton Yelkin's name? Couldn't tell you. Anton Yelkin. Yeah, now I'm saying it. Yeah. Uh, our sweet so our sweet baby boy. He's so great. He's I, so good. He's so adorable in this movie. He was such a good actor. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I mean, him in uh, Green Room, almost in Green Book. Green Room Green. is a, a great movie I saw recently. In very good, he's so good in it, and it's such a like, uh, you know, it's just one of those like panicked performance, and mm-hmm. it's so it seems like the kind of thing that like any actor could just be like, just put on put some fake sweat on him and and bug eyed out, but he's just so great. In he it. plays he really uncomfortable works. well, which he also does in this movie. Yeah, but in a different way. That's a good point. That seemed to be like his little zone of always just being a little bit like yeah, trying to hold things together. Because he's like he's like a not cool guy that is in a cool position. He's, he's like a roadie. Yeah, it's like when you find out that most musicians are like kind of nerdy because they're like one step removed from theater kids, but now they're just like insanely famous. But it's like really when it comes down to it, in their heart of hearts, they just want to like fuck around with like amps and pedals and shit. Right. They just want to like geek out over like equipment. Yeah. Yeah. At least the rock star types. Maybe like I'm I'm not sure if Katy Perry's like that, but maybe I don't she know. might be. I mean, I don't dislike. I like Katy Perry. But. Yeah. I'm just I haven't seen any of that in what she's putting out. Yeah, maybe that'll be her next. Her next persona will be like I don't know, Dead Detroit, like hipster vibes. Dead Detroit hipster Perry, I would be into. I think we all would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I, was, I want to say I want to go pivot to Twilight a little bit, mm-hmm. also because of the setting. You told me like when you pick this movie, this movie is so green. It's so green, it's so green. So we start out in the movie. It's I mean it's kind of a dumb scene. It's like voiceover, then then it's like point of view. You're hunting. There's like you no know, vampires are hunting a deer. I don't mm-hmm. think I really need that, but like we see it, I'm like, okay, but there's good nature shit. And then they cut to Phoenix, and she's like, well, we gotta leave Phoenix. And Phoenix is green. Yeah, no, they just like took the green dial, <laughs> turned it all the way up, and we're like, we're done for the day. Let's go get some fucking Mendocino farms. And the thing is, I kind of, I was one of the strengths of Twilight is that the Pacific Northwest is a very pretty place. Yeah, and I think they lean into that pretty well. And they use it in the in the world of the show movie rather in that like. Because it's overcast all the time, they can just like hang out. Yeah, it it was it is one of the decisions of the vampire lore that I think is actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Which is we pick the Northwest because there's no sun at any any time. Yeah, so we and especially because like you know we sparkle, which is which I, is silly. the silliest thing. Yeah, I mean, compare and contrast, high brow, low brow. Okay, vampire lore, right? You're you're making your your vampire movie. You're doing some weird stuff. You're like, I'm gonna make up the rules. Right? Yeah, I will say. Only lovers left alive. Very sparse on the lore. Yes, there's a little bit of stuff. He references a wooden bullet, so you think, okay, getting staked, staked is, a thing. is a thing. Yeah, they don't. They can't be out in the sun. They need blood. They, there's there's some stuff with like contamination. I guess people doing drugs is bad. For or like general. Blood. Also, this is funny. Where it's like the talking about the contaminated blood is like hipsters being really into health food. Oh, I had a different take on it. Oh, I had that because I think. Um, right, because like every time they do the blood, it's sort of like a narcotic for them. Right, there's like that. The, they're yeah. Going for. And the whole movie being this sort of like, you know, we went through this musical phase and now it's pretty much dead, but we're still like that. Mm-hmm. I always saw the the one, the contamination is more of like um, basically just a one-to-one drug narco- narcotics metaphor. Oh, it's how like the Coke isn't as good as it was in the 80s. Right. Or there's like, there's bad Coke out there and people are like overdosing on fentanyl. That's interesting. Yeah. I was thinking about it as like, oh, there's like all this like processed food is like killing us. I had a very different take. That's really funny. And I also, I was wondering if it could have been like an AIDS metaphor. Cause they reference a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of contaminated blood out there. And obviously that seems like that's they didn't the mention thing. getting sick from it. I think yeah. they might've been talking about bloodborne diseases specifically at one point. Yeah. And that's what Christopher Marlowe gets. Right. I know I'm, I'm, where I'm on like a side note of a side note, of a side note, but the, the fact that they do the, Oh, Christopher Marlowe is really Shakespeare mm. routine just enrages me so much that was a little hacky yeah i i i get sort of pays off at the end because he says there's a whole thing of like oh i needed to get the work out there right exactly yeah. which is kind of you know the movie's about art and getting work out there and stuff but the the whole like shakespeare was in shakespeare conspiracy theory like is second only to like the flat earthers and things that just make me so irrationally upset 
That's funny because I've heard that theory, but I never knew much about it. It's all very like circumstantial. Well, at least when I learned, when I said Shakespeare in college, the whole thing we were taught was all of these theories are pretty much born out of the idea that we can't let someone who is not like highborn have this much cred. Mm. There's a lot of people like, oh, it had to have been uh, a noble. It had was to be Christopher Marlowe a noble? Yeah, he was higher born than Shakespeare was. Mm, okay. It had to be Marlowe House. It had to be someone in the court because no way just some guy from Stratford-upon-Avon could have known all this about the court, could have known all this about human nature. It had to have been a special person. So like, it had this kind of class element to it. So this it. is like a pretty old theory then if people were putting that much stock in your birth. At least from what I remember, it like it wasn't something that popped up in the last like 20 years on Facebook. It was like something that has been plaguing like literary criticism for like centuries. Interesting. Basically. Uh, so that's that as an English major and someone who always hated all that, like, oh, you know, maybe it wasn't Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Fuck all that. I mean, good movie. That's the thing I bump on, but it's not like a that's a me thing. I'll take that. Yeah, take I will that. say they do have fun with it because it makes sense that a vampire would have to use a go be a ghostwriter because yeah. he can't like go out and like talk to his agent and shit. Yeah, that's why it's fun. Like, I acknowledge it's a fun thing for the movie to have mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm bringing my own shit to it yeah but like it, let's just let shakespeare be shakespeare i think that's okay yeah i think we can just acknowledge there was this guy who wrote some good shit yeah sometimes people write good We're shit pro, this is a pro shakespeare podcast it, it is unironically yeah absolutely um, although I don't think we're ever going to be, well, we might be able to do a, a high roller brush Shakespeare, just do like, you know, 12th night and she's the man or something. I wanted to do, um, what's the one with Hannibal? Oh, Titus. Yes. Oh, that would be crazy. Titus is wild. <laughs> that movie's nuts. Just do Titus and 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Oh man. 10 Things I Hate About You is a movie I have seen 35 times. <laughs> and I have never seen it. It was my sister's favorite movie growing up. And you know what? It Because it's a good movie. So she usually picked the movies we watched. Her and my mom would like specifically just skip through the DVD menus to watch the scene of Heath Ledger singing to Julia Stiles. It's scene 14 on the DVD menu if you ever <laughs> want to check it out. I had a very different... I, I always got the Matrix DVD and I would just cut to the, the lobby shooting spree at the end and watch it to the end. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen the last half hour of The Matrix like a thousand times. I've seen the rest of The Matrix maybe like three times. Um, Twilight? I enjoy Twilight. I know I know you do and, and please explain. I why. will say it's, it's so weird. Okay, so it's... <laughs> a, the colons are hot as fuck. <laughs> Papa colon... It's so hot. It's ridiculous. That's not the only reason, but it's, it's a definite I mean, reason. It's, it's good enough for me. I, I'm on board, but continue. And our pats. What an angular face. Anyway. I mean, so far what you're saying is there's hot people in this movie, and I got something to tell you. There's hot people in a lot of movies. I know, but especially in this movie. Those those hot pale weirdos. I like how weird the vampires are, and they're kind of cute. Like, when they're like making food for Kristen Stewart, but they don't really know how to do it because they don't eat. It's adorable. I love it. That is the stretch of the movie that I think is actually kind of fun. The fact that the climax of the movie is them playing weird vampire baseball is one of the most insane decisions. Like, there's weird decisions in this movie, which is what I like. Like, okay. And then also, like, there's this really interesting... The, the one interesting thing, maybe, that the movie does is, like, this, like, really hard pivot in between, like, fantasy vampire stuff and just, like, very normal home drama. Right. The the apex of which is when they have like the baseball scene where Killicam shows up and is like being like all snarly and bullshit. Right. And then she goes back home and just argues with her dad. And yeah. it's like it's just like pure like home drama. She's like lashing at her dad, she wants to leave, whatever. Right. But it is like just plays as like a very straight like family drama. And it's just, like you're like, wait a minute, we were just playing vampire baseball like fifteen <laughs> like two minutes ago. What's this now? And that movie does it a lot and it's interesting. 
I think I think that you're right. This movie does a lot. The two examples you picked are scenes I do like. Like the scene where they're playing baseball is great. Yeah. It's Lincoln Park, I think. Yeah. Oh, the soundtrack's great too. Yes, a good soundtrack for Twilight. We got some muse. Yes. I know I said I dislike this movie and I'm saying nice things. We're, we're quickly running out of the things I like. But no, it's Muse, you're right. It's not it's it's not Lincoln Park, it's Muse. So yeah, so that's great. They're playing baseball. Uh, the bad vampires show up. It's fine. Like that's all very like, goofy. Like that's when the movie is like having a little fun. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. The Collins are kind of like a very, you know, they're just so like perfect and preening and like pale and like this whole kind of like vibe of theirs is very silly. Yeah. This yeah, you're right. When they're making like yeah, they're making like Italian food for Bella and just, yeah, because like, they think Bella is Italian because right. they're like old. Like right. They're just like oh well, she she eats. We don't. And then she's like oh, I ate ahead of time. Like that's like fun. That's like meet the parents. Yeah. Stuff. But like the movie is very little of that. I want like that was in the movie and that happened. I remember just I think my notes are just like, oh, this movie's fun. But like so much of it is just uh Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson having conversations that are like very mundane. About how much they like each other. Or just about like random stuff about like why they don't like each other, even though they do like each other. And right. It's just not there for me. A lot of that gets like caught up in how the movie's got this like weird pro like traditional values, right. anti-sex. She, yeah, yeah, she's super Mormon, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a big problem in the movie. All the relationship stuff is like actively harmful to like young people. Yeah. It's all very, yeah, he's very stalkery. It's very like, oh, I just can't control myself around you. And like, right. And then like the fact that like her, like she's just like, I totally give myself to you. I now have no personality outside of loving you. Right. And I was watching the second movie. It's even more like that. And then she just like hard flips to doing it with Jacob, who Jacob fucking sucks in this movie little baby face beefcake boy taylor lautner taylor lautner yeah uh a man who cannot act and uh has a beautiful body and a weird face and i don't like him and he's done quite well for himself based on just that yeah i mean he's buddies with adam sandler right i mean i'm sure he's a great person i don't know maybe not a great person yeah no we nothing we're i I have no evidence he's a bad person we have no personal animosity towards any of the people in any of these movies yeah right no one's been canceled in these movies i don't think i think i hope not (laughs) now that we've said that like Jeez. <laughs> oh, I feel bad about that. We just bleep it. Bro. I think we just bleep it. I think that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, okay. For the audience, I just made a very fucked up Very joke. dark joke. Uh, very funny, though. Um, goodness, I completely lost my thing. Well, so completely fucked that joke was. Uh, Twilight. We, we like yeah taylor lautner not great in this movie doesn't have a lot to do it's this weird thing where like i wanted i was going back and forth on this movie you know it's my my one of my pet peeves is when people say when an actor gives a not great performance and the reviews are always like oh yeah nothing to do they didn't yeah. have any good material it's the writer's fault for not giving them good material and like you know what sometimes in that, this case true. it kind of is but i think it's fault. i think it's both yeah, yeah, I don't think he's doing a good job with what he's got, but right. he didn't get much either. Right. It's like you got dealt a bad hand and played it poorly. Yeah. Is, is basically my thinking on a lot of this. And especially with uh, Pattinson and Stewart, actors I like a lot. Oh, if we're talking about weird acting choices. Okay, so um, Case 2 is like her actor's secret is that every word is a monumental struggle to get out of her mouth. <laughs> I I think that energy is so good when it works though. Yeah, she, has, she tones it down a little bit in the second movie. Yeah, in in Adventureland, I think she's really good in that movie. Mm-hmm. She's like great, like nervy energy, which I think I understand why you know you you may want to pull her for this movie, like for Twilight. But then it just it just becomes nothing in this movie. Like I don't know what the choices are here. Yeah, it's like actively like is a hindrance to her getting lines of dialogue out that like she has to like do this like physical struggle with like her face and body to get out. Like right. more than one word 
Like, sometimes you just got to do the work of just saying a line of dialogue that has plot value. Yeah, just fucking stand on your mark and say the thing that yeah. the person wrote for you. Like, you can't always have, like, a goofy perform or a nervy performance to it. You kind of have to just, like, if, if the line of dialogue is, you know, the, the bad vampires are doing this, you know, if you're just saying the plan, you got to just go completely wooden on it. You got to just be like, this is what's happening. You know, like, for anyone in the Marvel universe does this. You know, just yeah. like, the space Borgons are invading with the stones and we got to... Mm-hmm. unborg on them yeah you just gotta do the thing yes it, you must have to unborg on those borgons yeah it's it's the job yeah you do the job and yeah. it feels like case doing our pats kind of had their own idea or maybe they were just directed that way i don't i don't know i mean Catherine hardwick is uh someone who i think is a very talented director who she did dogtown and z boys yeah she did lords of dogtown oh lords of right, right lords of dogtown is the fictionalized one with heath ledger right yeah she did that she did uh 13 which i haven't seen in a long time but i remember thinking is quite strong based on my middle school really mm-hmm. interesting the girl that that's, that book is based on went to my middle school really yeah oh. it was not that bad oh. for me oh the height the, the middle school the middle school, the movie, yeah. later, the movie. No, no i haven't seen the movie but my experience in middle school was not as traumatic as i have gleaned that that movie is i'm not saying her experience is wrong i just didn't have it right yeah you were you were you were your 13 was a lot more like super bad than... yeah, it was mostly eating lunch by myself yeah we, we same sad <laughs> sad boys yeah i mean we're that's why we're doing a movie podcast so kristen stewart i guess i think you know not bring as much as like i said so talented so good but and, i will say, yeah she is a good actress and our pats is also a very good actor yeah and good time is an amazing performance in so an incredible movie in the lighthouse in the lost city of z or zed in um freaking i'm sure he's gonna be good in the batman he did all those cronenberg movies mm, yeah uh and this movie just i think he's trying very hard i think he is making very active decisions in the movie I, yeah, and I feel like his acting decisions are less, or they're definitely more subtle than Kristen Stewart's, because yeah. he's just very serious, and he ha- kind of has this, like, glowering demeanor that I guess is just kind of his interpretation of what a vampire would be like. It's, everything is a struggle because he wants to eat her so much. I right. think that's how I, like, read yeah, it. Yeah, he's just, like, gritting his teeth and trying not to eat her. Right, and, like, that's a choice, but I think it actually pulls away from just your ability to, like, function in this movie. True, and I think... I think they do start to dial it back as they as they get older as they get older and as they're like getting more used to doing these movies yeah this is based on me seeing half of the second movie but yeah and just like i know that they're both good actors christian stewart does like a bunch of indie stuff she was in that on the road movie she did two movies with olivia Isaias. yeah Um, like she won a a french oscar the caesar um she's great good actress Mm -hmm. and it it I think by now she's probably put enough distance between Twilight that I don't think... I think people know, have acknowledged that for her. And obviously I think Pattinson had Good Time, which was like his, hey, everybody, I'm not Edward anymore. Moment. Yeah, I think... Did he do a lot of stage stuff too? Was that how he got away from it? I don't think so. I remember he did... Maybe I'm thinking of Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, Radcliffe did a bunch of stage stuff. I don't know if Pattinson did. Pattinson, from, I remember he did like three David Cronenberg movies that no one saw. Mm-hmm. It was like Maps of the Stars, Cosmopolis, and I think one other. And that was the kind of stuff he was doing. Right. He also did Remember Me, which I think is a not, not a movie. Is that the 9-11 one? That's the 9-11 oh, one. Oh, man. Yeah. That one's... I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, it seems rough. It seems a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you have like these talented actors and you have this like dynamic that is very classic swooning romance of like, mm-hmm. I, you know, we, 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 we want to fuck, but we can't. Basically, right. it's like this, this like we must control ourselves. Right. And the movie has a few moments that that's good, but mostly just plays as just two like boring people being boring next to each other it's true yeah like those lead characters are very boring i will say a lot of the surrounding cast very fun like yeah i liked um 
Ashley Green is very good in this. Yeah. We were talking about how it's weird that she didn't really pop off after this at all. Yeah, and you she, think she's extremely good looking and is like solid in this movie. Yeah. And she, like, I, yeah, nothing after. I mean, she, she had like, you know, a recurring role here. I think she was in, I think she was in Pan Am, like a little things here and there, but. I remember I hearing about, about Pan Am, right? The that was like the like the tra- trying to be Mad a Mad Men cash in. Yeah, based Christina on Christina Ricci. Uh, I think so, and Margot or Margot Robbie pre Wall Street. Wow. Yeah, Margot Robbie and I have the same birthday, day really? and date. Oh, like you're the same age. Yeah. Uh, so if I ever meet Margot Robbie, that's gonna be my fun fact. That's your icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. I think she'll appreciate that. If she notices me, <laughs> yeah, she might. Um, yeah. So Ashley Green, you think she'd pop on? Is she think she'd like? She was kind of like the most visible of the like of the other Cullens of the vampires, and I just and she she had a little bit of heat on. I remember she was like nominated for like MTV Movie Awards and stuff, but she was the person I'd heard of who wasn't the main two. And then yeah, I mean not so much. I mean Anna Kendrick obviously goes on. Oh with yeah, this. Killer Cam has been doing his thing. Volchok. Oh man, you need to see the OC. I do. I mean, I've seen the first two seasons many times. Oh, he's in three. That's right. Yeah, and seen... When she goes to public school and it's like she's getting sent to Iraq. <laughs> right. Like, that was so confusing to me because I went to public school. Yeah. And admittedly in, in a pretty nice neighborhood. But like uh, in a public school in Orange County, you won't immediately get inducted into a gang. Not, like, too, different, not too different from private school in other parts of the country. Right. It, it seems like a nice area. I, I, don't, I don't know. This is not an OC podcast, but maybe. Maybe if maybe we, one day it will be. Yeah. We do. If, I, if I pray hard enough. We do highbrow, lowbrow, entire TV series on one podcast. We oh watch all God. of the OC, and then we watch all of... Hi, what's highbrow What's highbrow teen? Euphoria, bro? maybe? Oh, actually. Is Skins highbrow? I don't know. I haven't seen Skins. Skins is very good. You would like it. I, you know, people say that. Anyway. Skins. Also, you know who else I like? Kellen Lutz. Kellen, who is Kellen Lutz in this movie? He's like the older brother who's just like super tall and like square-jawed. Right, right. The beefy guy. He was also in... I just watched Fired Up and he's... No, he was in Stick It. I, was, I watched three <laughs> movies last night. He was in one of them. He None was in Stick vampires It. In them. No. That we know. Anybody could have been a vampire. I mean, sure. I guess they were in a lot of day scenes, so probably not. Probably not. And they could have been... Um, nope, nothing. I can't think of a single vampire that does nothing in the sunlight. It's either they sparkle or they just burn to a crisp. Or they're just like uh, sad and in pain. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the fundamental vampire things you gotta hit. Yeah. I mean, okay, so let's talk, let's talk about like the lore. This is the yeah. thing I want to actually want to... One thing I think... <laughs> oh, yeah, this is what we started talking about like, it's like vampire 20 minutes yeah, ago. Like, so the Jarmish vampires, the only lovers left alive vampires, mm-hmm. generally pretty by the books. Pretty, pretty standard, yeah. Yeah, the only things that are a little... They reference, they kind of have these like psychic powers that are a little bit like, you know, uh, Eva, the sister, like sends them a message that she's coming in dreams. True. Which is kind of hinted at. There's a little bit of the culture stuff, which is new, like, you know, that they only drink wine of these fancy little goblets. and uh, Yeah, although that might just be them. Right. We don't know that that's like a rule for all vampires. They might just be weirdos who do that. Right. It, those are the, only, the only vampires we know are like in this movie are either the vegetarians, basically, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the Tilda and the and Tom who are like only getting from blood banks. Which is also what, wait, is it in Twilight that they call themselves vegetarians? Yes, because okay. they only eat like deer. Yeah. And they're like, man, this is a bummer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I well, that's, that's interesting because you kind of, okay, how do you make vampires a good guy and have them not eat people? Yeah. You need to give them something that's not humans. Yeah. Also, I want to back up and say that vampires is a concept that just doesn't work for me. I, okay. What? No, let me what? say What? <laughs> I probably should have led with that. No, and here, here's my point. I think vampires are cool. I think there are a lot of really good movies with vampires and I understand all the concepts and the cool stories you can tell. Oh, you're saying the biology doesn't make sense? I'm just saying if you're a vampire and you got to kill a human in order to continue to be alive. Even if you kill, you know, one human a month, that's a murder. 
if you killed 12 people in, in, in a year in a neighborhood, people would like pay attention. There would be like, like that many murders constantly, I feel like, especially that are like that would be like noticed. And then especially if that like spreads, I just I don't know that a vampire concept that wouldn't immediately just take over the entire, where you eventually get to Daybreakers. Right. Well, they do kind of get into that in Only Lovers Left Alive a little bit when they, baby, baby Anton gets killed and they're like, we can't, like, people can't just die like we used right. to. Because, like, in the Middle Ages, people just died right and left. Like, right, shit just happened. Your neighbors just might not be there the next day for any number of reasons. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, darn, Wild Hogs got them. In their house? Anyway. With the movie Wild Hogs? <laughs> the movie. Kevin <laughs> James <laughs> broke into their house and murdered them. They watched, they rented Wild Hogs on Amazon Prime. And they were just like, you know, we had a good run. And they're like, what's Amazon Prime? <laughs> this is the Middle Ages. <laughs> Um, um, oh, okay. Wait. Oh, and then the other big thing about vampires is like the turning process, which yeah. is fun. I enjoy that. It's a little bit different in every single yeah. version of the vampire. I they mention turning, but I don't rem- know what the process specifically is in Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, they don't. They don't say specifically what it's going to be. Um, I think in Twilight it exists, but I don't know if it's mentioned in Twilight the movie what it would be. Although no, in the end. Oh, I had the note, just like vampires are poisonous in some, because they said something about venom. venom. Yeah. And it's like the venom will turn her if he doesn't kill her. It's like if you drink from a person and you don't kill them all the way, then they, get they turn into a vampire. Oh, yeah. Which the is interview with the vampire rules. Oh, that's not, I haven't seen the movie, but I read the books. In the books, it's that like basically they suck up all, you suck up all their blood and then you like give them your wrist and they suck up all your blood. So mm. basically you just like do a blood transfusion and when you have all vampire blood, you turn into a vampire. Right. That's true. Uh, true blood rules. I think that's also what the, it may have been. I, I remember, yeah. I just remember in the movie, there's the bit with, uh, uh, this is not an interview with a vampire. Podcast. I do. I do love those books. It's a good movie. I think you like the movie. The, Very good Tom Cruise performance. Yeah. And uh baby Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. And Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, and Antonio Banderas. Fine. Antonio Banderas is so fun in that movie. Yeah. He just like, it feels like right before he really came on with like Zorro and stuff, and he's just like so theatrical. He's playing like I'm a fancy foreign man. Yeah. Who's Lestat? Uh, it's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is yeah. Because yeah. Lestat's a very fun character. He has like his own book where he becomes a rock star. Right. Which they turn into a movie. The Vampire Lestat's a movie. Uh, Queen of the Damned. Oh, that's the third book. Yeah, but it's with with. It has with, a lot of the style as a rock star. Yeah, fun. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but it's like known as one of like the worst movies. Yeah, I know. That feels like a, how did this get made? Yeah, have they done that? I don't think so. No. Anyway, vampires. Yeah, Twilight. Um, Only lovers left alive. Oh, we were talking. Oh, and then so turning, they get venomized. They get the venom. He has to suck out the venom, and he's like freaking out. That he's gonna drink or die. And he's just like looking all constipated face. Yeah, like sucking on her wrist. It's all silly. <laughs> I I got his. I think the. The fact that the only way to kill a vampire in Twilight is to rip them to shreds and burn them alive. I enjoy that. Is so metal and so fucking cool. And it is, they just do not make a meal of it in this he movie. Just throws it out there like it's nothing. He's like, yeah, we gotta rip, we gotta rip his arms and legs and head off and burn them all. <laughs> right. It's like, what? They're driving away. They're like, okay, you know, this evil vampire, uh, Killer Cam, is after you. Oh, there's a nice, there's a little moment in the driving away thing that I like that I want to talk about yeah. after you're done. And he's like, okay, here's the rule. We gotta go. The only way to kill him is if we tear his arm, tear him limb from limb and throw him in a bonfire. And also, like, you gotta talk to your dad. Yeah. And they mostly talk about the dad thing. And, like, <laughs> that's, what, that's what this movie is. That's what this movie is. But it's I, like flipping so hard in between the vampire stuff and just boring family stuff. But it feels, there's movies that do that. Like, I, I, I get Harry Potter, the books. There's a lot of, like, just mundane, like, oh, it's Christmas stuff. And then there's a lot of, like, I, wizard nazis but in and this movie i just feels like it's such a like 
But it's on like the they're turn of a dime and, and I think it does it. I think they're just getting the worst of both worlds. I think they're trying to do like, oh, it's very understandable to have, it's tough to have a tough conversation with your dad and, you know, not being a new girl in school and all that. And crazy vampire shit. And it's just, they don't lean into the cool vampire shit and they don't lean uh, into the most like appealing high school stuff. I mean, she shows up, it's like fucking protagonist 101. She shows up to high school and everyone immediately loves her. Yeah, like no day problems. one, ten people come up to her and are like, "Oh, you're you're Bella Swan. We Please all want to God be friends mom. with us. Yeah. We love you so much." And Anna Kendrick is like almost her enemy, and then real hard gives up on that pretty quickly. And like every single time she like anyone comes to her for advice, she gives the best advice, and they just like do it. It, it, you you gotta have like a oh remember the scene when they're like at the beach or whatever and she's like you're a strong independent woman I'm like motherfucker like you are not <laughs> one to tell somebody this it's like as someone who is not a strong independent woman yeah, I know I can identify one, when I see yeah. one I just when the movie like in concept if you said like okay it's a it's a steamy vampire romance and also it's like a, a how hard it is me in high school and like, yeah I'm already movie. hard right it's a good. <laughs> it's a good concept and then i watched the movie and it's just like wouldn't it be interesting if just two boring people stared at each other and had mundane conversations yeah. but it's funny it, the funniest part is that like those two concepts never mix in the movie they just happen no, next to each other no on a scene by scene basis exactly. like the dad is never even aware of any of the vampire shit and like every once in a while the movie like clicks yeah like, like the scene where she's like yelling at her dad like i'm gonna go live with mom because she has to like get him to not follow her yeah and he's like generally sad like i'm sorry i haven't been around i'll make up your room a little bit like He's the divorced dad who hasn't seen his daughter. Like that's like genuinely like yeah, I was he's pretty, doing a great job. I yeah. was really like that's like really effective. I think that's like when the movie actually like gets the synthesis of what it's which doing. is funny because that's basically like the old yeller scene, which is like a type of scene that like it's old yeller right? Yeah. It's like I don't love you, boy, or whatever. Uh, or is that the one where they shoot the dog? Which which is the one where they tell the dog to go away? Old yeller, they shoot the dog. Uh, I do not remember the one where they tell the dog to go. Away. Is it White Fang? Maybe yeah. I think it's White Fang. I've not read White. Yeah, Fang. no, they, he doesn't just shoot her in the head. Although he should have. Yeah, Old Yeller gets like um, um, spoilers. Old Yeller. Yeah, <laughs> he fights like a wolf or something and defends the family, and like there, uh, and then he gets like rabies and they have to put him down. Right. I think right, that's right. the he's my dog. I'll do it. Right. From. Okay. So it's White Fang where he um, he like has to convince White Fang to like go leave and be a wild wolf again. So he has to like convince the dog that he doesn't love him anymore. Yeah. So he has like yell at his dog. Yeah, that's I mean, and that that's what's happening in this scene, and it's good. Yeah, and then like I said, every once in a while, the movie, the Edward Bella stuff clicks. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, like it seems like there's like actual heat there, and they're actually like worried about it going through. And like I don't agree with the abstinent abstinence abstinence. <laughs> he doesn't. You don't even know how to say it. That's how much you don't <laughs> agree believe with, in it. It's not a word. I think. Um, I, I I think the the Mormon -y take on this that like you know. With with like being a vampire is like the metaphor for you know just basically the whole movie is don't have sex if yeah. you're a teenager, and and it gets way weirder into that when they get married and stuff right yeah but I do think the movie hits that beat pretty well a couple of times when like the first time they make out I think that's got a, like a little bit of like good energy to it and mm -hmm. then like they have to stop at the end of the movie where she's like oh please turn me they're at prom and he like almost does it and that's got that kind of like paperback fucking harley quinn romance yeah like that's when that when yeah. the last scene of the movie is when i'm like oh this is what this could be yeah and it just doesn't it, it doesn't hit those beats enough for me that's i mean you're right but what i i <laughs> maybe maybe i'm just being like a little hipstery about it where i just like i enjoy how weird it is that it makes these decisions i wanted it to make i am both mad and disappointed it's not like you know the whole like i'm not mad i'm disappointed like, i think this I'm movie both <laughs> I wanted this movie to. I wanted to like this movie. I wanted to have the hot take that Twilight is good, and I don't. 
know that it is. Despite the fact that they're being very talented people writing the movie, um, you know, most Rosenberg uh, wrote Jessica Jones, a very big TV writer. Catherine Hardwick, very talented. These actors are very talented. I mean, maybe they're doing the job. Maybe they're succeeding at adapting a book and the material is bad. Well, I would say that I haven't read the books. I don't know if you have. Mm-mm. So we're in this, we're not that qualified to talk about this specific part, but I do think that the movie does suffer from the fact that it seems so specifically made for an audience exclusively of people who have already read the books and know yeah, what's going on. That's true. The The biggest part of which is what blew my mind is that you don't find out that Jacob is a werewolf in the movie. Right. They have like a little wink and a nod to it in the end where he says like, I don't know, I'm hungry like the wolf or some shit. Yeah. It was just like wild to me because I just like the one thing I know about these movies is vampires versus werewolves. And the first movie is not that. It's like vampires and this kid with an insane wig who just sucks. <laughs> but they, they but they hint at it. It's again, this movie comes close. We're like this when... Uh, um, Oh, he talks about the backstory. Or where he's like, like I think he just like, oh, the cones don't go there to like the beach because that beach is like wolf property or whatever. Yeah. And, the, and they're like, oh, that's fun. Characters who like have tension with each other and want different things. Like yeah. drama. I Maybe I maybe I want a Twilight prequel about like the vampire Native American truce that happened. They, they made that movie. It's called Underworld 3 Rise of the Lycans. It's oh, fucking right. I'll have to check that out. It's really good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like it's just like very slavishly, just like for people who already like this thing. Yeah, and and bringing it back to the high railroad road of it all. I oh yeah, I forgot. I was just screaming. Con- about yeah, just us being like just losing our fucking mind <laughs> because we had to watch Twilight. Um, the high railroad road. So like Twilight, the lowbrow of it is it's. I mean, it's very tongue in cheek. It's very by the books plot. Teen it's, drama stuff. Teen drama stuff generally can, is generally lowbrow. Not it's, always, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, young adult book uh, adaptation usually a little more lowbrow. It's all very much trying to hit certain beats, trying to play to a certain it's crowd. Very gratuitous, which is lowbrow. Yeah, um, like the goal being to be kind of scintillating for like young people, right? So like, if you were to make so like, even assuming this is still lowbrow, like we're not. I'm not. I want to make clear, like I don't hate this movie because it is a a teen vampire drama. I think this movie. I want this movie to be a good teen vampire drama. Like I think there's a there's a version of this that is lowbrow and fucking rat of shit even just using these building blocks between them and different, different yeah words. and i will certainly say that even if you like it, it it certainly has some horrible things to say about sexuality relationships right women <laughs> my girlfriend met at the great line we were watching it's the rare movie that both misogynists and feminists hate because mm-hmm. you know it, women like it so misogynists hate it and feminists hate it because it hates women yep um and where's only lovers left alive I really love this movie. And I know you are, it's a very Cooper movie. I they know. just do nothing and they do it cool. <laughs> and I like this movie. I think it's got cool things to say about art. It's I love like I said, I love the whole dilapidated rock star vibe of it. I think it's pretty slow. Mm-hmm. And, which is a very highbrow move. I think it's very, you know, it's trying to be a little bit inaccessible. It's not really feeding you the answers. Yeah. It's a lot more about tone and imagery and less about the plot. Like the plot is twenty minutes in the middle. Yeah. With the the sister. Yeah, it, it has like a midpoint like turn. Right. But it doesn't really have anything leading up to or it, it does have some consequences to it. Yeah. Which is them kind of breaking like them having to move and then him losing all of his like I like that he's like a pack rat. Yeah. Like that like the fact that he has like this collector impulse because that like these things can stay with him in a way that people can't is really interesting. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good read on it too. Oh wait, I that reminds me, she has like a superpower of that she can touch things and like age them she can like do carbon dating by touching stuff oh 
I guess I didn't remember. She can like he's at, he asks her how old the guitar is, and she touches it because that's why they wear the gloves oh, because right. they can do like they can feel things like that. They can yeah. like mind read, but also mind read stuff. Yeah, there. It it I do like that kind of stuff, like that kind of very subtle world building. Mm-hmm. It kind of it all fits this idea. It all fits this theme. I think just like as an experience of watching it, there's a lot. of... I checked my phone a couple times during this movie. Yeah, I well, think that you very specifically hate doing in movies. Yeah, I'm like very much like lights off, phones away, do not disturb. Like everybody, shut up. We're watching a movie. Yeah, whereas I'll like do a crossword. <laughs> I'll like you'll watch a different movie on your laptop. Yeah, I'll be, yeah, I'll be like watching a trailer or something. I'm like looking at surfboards online. I had a good time. Yeah. I, I think Only Lovers Left Alive is a really, it feels like, a, like an exercise for Jim Jarmusch. Mm-hmm. And it feels like his whole career is him like, oh, I'm going to try this now. I'm going to try that now. And when it really hits, you know, with like Ghost Dog or, I mean, Coffee and Cigarettes, obviously directed over like 20 years or whatever, but like Dead Man, where he's like doing a Western. Yeah, he does love genre and he loves Jarmuschifying genre. Yes. He loves just bringing his vibe to, and he, he feels very self-aware. Yeah, it's when he I think I think when he does well, like the, all like all the stuff in like coffee and cigarettes where they're talking about how it's Bill Murray is like peak self awareness. Like, yes, he seems to know that you're like watching a Jim Jarmusch movie and he's kind of playing into that. Like all of the I think he's very self consciously trying to slow down lovers only lovers left alive. Yeah, because that's like what he wants. He wants to be like my version of vampires is just fucking vibes and pretty much nothing else. Yeah, which I think makes sense as an exploration of like. Just how, like, the ennui of being immortal, how, like, that is how, like, I'm like, I believe that this is what vampires would be like if they existed, is that they would just get bored and, like, just kind of hang out because, like, they don't have any drama because, like, they can't die, really. I, I agree need money. with that. I think, yeah. I think that's all a good take, and I think it's a good movie. I think it just isn't as good as some of his other stuff. I think it's a little uh, less compelling. Sure, yeah. I think, like, there's a lot, like I said, there are a lot of times I'm like, okay, you, you probably could have cut, like, 20 minutes, and I hate being that guy who's like, oh, it could have been shorter, but I think you could have cut a little bit out of Only Lovers, even though, again... The thing is, I don't know what you would cut. Because it's all not, in Yeah. <laughs> I think you could either cut 20, add 50, either way would wait. All work. pretty similar, yeah. <laughs> a scene I did really like in, um, in Twilight is the only scene that actually has any existence still in, like, pop culture. Like, like... You know, a lot of movies, you know, have like a lot of stuff that like we've held on to. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the only thing that's a little bit parodyable in Twilight is the scene where she actually says like, "He's like, say it. What am I?" And she's like, "Vampire." Bump it up. Like, oh yeah, thing. yeah. And I think that's good. Like, I think that's like shit. Like that is what I thought the whole movie would be. It's a little you insane. More pulpy. Yes. Yeah. Because I think the concept is inherent. Like, lean into the lowbrow. Lean into the pulp. And, like, make it a little, like, jaunty, a little fun, and you can still tell that story. Which is what True Blood is. Like, True, yeah. Tr- True Blood is really the good version of this. <laughs> yeah, True Blood is a deeply lowbrow. <laughs> True Blood is the best. <laughs> I, I yeah, maybe that is my issue, is that I thought that uh, Twilight would be True Blood for teenagers, and True Blood is True Blood for teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is that True Blood is already perfect. <laughs> but, like, that's something where... I mean, like, not all the metaphors are, like, super artful into True Blood. I no. Think. But it's all, it all lands, I think. You yeah. always get, like, okay, I know what this movie show is trying to do. I'm having fun with it. Um, it's always at least trying to, like, do something. Where I feel like so much... It feels like Twilight assumes that you just already believe in the insane chemistry of these two people. Without actually making the sell. Which maybe it's because of the books. Right, that we didn't read them. Yeah, Maybe if I don't you read know. the book and you're just, like... You see these scenes of them being, like, did you read the bio homework last night and you're just like losing your fucking mind yeah 
I don't know. I did like the scene where he knows all the biology answers because he's done high school 15, like 30 times. That was very fun. Yeah. Like that's fun. And like, well, I feel like if it doesn't play, I feel like that should be really funny. And I remember True. chuckling and being like, oh, that's fun. Yeah. They didn't really play it for like comedy comedy. It was kind of just like an amusing premise that they then just like kind of like farted out onto the screen. <laughs> uh, oh, I will also. Oh, no. Though the one thing I was going to say, the, the thing with her carbon dating the guitar in Only Love Just Left Alive reminded me of the one of the really insane things that I find insane of Twilight from a lore perspective is that all the vampires have like superpowers. Right, but different Different superpowers. superpowers. Right, they're like fucking Power one of them Rangers. reads minds. It's, they're, yeah, they're like the Avengers. Like one of them reads minds. He can... He's like fast, right? That's his whole thing? No, he can read... Oh, he can read minds. Right, he can read minds. he reads Bella's mind. There's that other girl... Is, she tells the, the future. future. Yeah. Tracker can smell shit. Right. I think they reference one of them is like faster than others. Right. Maybe that's Killer Cam. Yeah. Killer Cam is just like super strong and buff in general. And he smells, but maybe all vampires can smell people. Right. Because the whole, well, the whole thing, yeah, they can all smell like, because they're, they're food. It's like they're smelling their food. Yeah. Like, and the whole thing is Bella smells like so fucking like fine. The, the <laughs> finest Wagyu. <laughs> like, and no one can be near her without like becoming obsessed with her. Yeah. And I hate, I know this was the knock against it from all the like, you know, shitty nerds, but like, it's super fucking dumb. Yes. <laughs> wow. What a cu- what a cutting criticism, Josh. So, okay, I don't know if you're ready for this hot take, but this movie is fucking dumb. I I, I, I try not to like come on the down these movies too hard, but like something like that. We were talking about the movie Fired Up. Just Fired Up Rules. Fired Up is a movie about two uh, football players in high school who go to cheerleading camp so they can hook up with girls. And yeah. we just watched the trailer right before we uh, recorded this. And I was talking about how insane it was that you would make a movie where you're trying to get on the two characters' sides. And they are, per the trailer, the two best football players in the state. They are football stars. Every They they sleep with a million girls in high school already. They have yeah. everything they ever want in life. And then they go to cheerleading camp then, to lie to women and hook up with even more women. And they're pretty good at cheerleading when they do it. <laughs> like, there's no, like, struggle. Their struggle is that they have fucked every single girl <laughs> in their high school and they ran out. Right. You have two people who have been given everything in life and who are good at everything. And then they go somewhere and they get everything they want. And it's just sort of insane. Sounds like, like a perfect movie to me. <laughs> it seems like you kind of want to have them struggle a little bit just to get on their side, right? You know, yeah. like it's easier to sympathize with someone who's like, oh, it's a little tough making friends at school than someone who's like, oh, everyone loves me immediately, right? It would be a little more interesting if like everyone's like, you know, oh, I don't like that girl. And that's kind of tough. Like if the vampire's like, oh, you have a weird smell. If you'd still, if you're really stuck on the smell. Oh, like she smells like shit to them. <laughs> she smells different. <laughs> But instead, yeah. it's just you are just so amazing. You are so beautiful. You smell so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't look. I mean, obviously, like I read fucking comic books and com- Superman and fucking Batman. So that's like, all a lot of wish fulfillment stuff. But it seems to me if you are trying to do the high school of it all, you're trying to do the like this will. We're also doing a high school story. You don't want to go the fired up route. Yeah, I guess like to put on like the or like writer caps and yeah. like be annoying, do the thing that you're not supposed to do, which is try to like in, invent the, invent the better version of the movie. But there is a version of the movie where she comes to high school and all the humans don't like her and only the vampire can like empathize with her for whatever reason, right? Because she's worldly and has ennui and yeah, vampires have are like that, and she empathizes with the vampires, and that's why she clicks with the vampire. Right. That's what I thought it would be. Is they don't understand you. But I do. And that's like, that's why we connect. Instead, it's, oh, they all love you. I just love you more. Yeah. It's like, no, everyone likes you, but I think you smell like the finest wagyu. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
So I don't, I don't know why. I mean, look, it's not. This is. I think this book was obviously not written with me in mind. It's not the kind of thing no. I normally read. But I try and keep an open mind. And I told you I really wanted to like this movie. I see stuff like that, and then I'm like, wow, all the shitty vamp, uh, uh, memes from 2009 were just like dead on. Yeah, no, this movie is for like the fourth time. It hates like women, anti like feminist. It's a sex negative movie. <laughs> it's I. It, it, it's perplexing. It, it it just I feel like it's sort of become this strange artifact at this point because like i think not a lot of people are like, people keeping the torch still for it. like it they, you don't you don't think they're still fans i think i don't know what young people do yeah, i don't know about the young people i know um the, the women i know in my life now who are like in you know, their late 20s and early 30s look back on it as you know i can't believe i read that or this is pretty dumb but they still kind of like it they, i think they have a like fondness just, for it your, your your girlfriend was watching it recently yes. i think they have a fondness for it in terms of it's something that they you know like like fucking like, I, if I watch Alien vs. Predator, I would enjoy it knowing that, you know, it was something I loved in when I was 13, but I would probably acknowledge that, like, it's pretty, it's not, like, as good as, like, Alien. It's not as good as Predator. I don't think it's not, it's not, like, a great movie, but it has, it's fun because it had that fondness for it. I do think that is kind of the vibe I have heard from people who I've talked to who watch these movies. Yeah, it's, it just, it's nostalgic that it was something I used to love. Yeah. Even though it's not, like. But people- I think the drama also fundamentally works for a lot of people. The, the genre? The, the drama. drama. Like, oh, like, the, like the romance stuff. Oh, interesting. I think it's also because what I've heard, I don't remember from whence, but <laughs> from once. Uh, it's also just kind of like, it is a wish fulfillment thing of just like having people just like love you so deeply and hard and relentlessly. And you're just like, oh, I wish somebody would love me that much is like a weird wish fulfillment thing. Yeah. I don't know, but I think of like Harry Potter and this whole thing is like he has this world where... You know, with the Dursleys and everyone just fucking hates him. Yeah. And then he's chosen to be pulled out of that world. And even there, like, there's still people who hate him, but there's people who he does love, you know? And I feel like a lot of these stories are, you know, all of this young adult stuff is you're in this bad situation, but don't worry, you're secretly a prince where everyone loves you. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it's everyone fucking loves you already, but oh man, I have some even cooler people who love you even more. Yeah, I guess like the the I have a bad life stuff is all internal for her. Right, she just sort of bummed. It's like she's she's just a teenager. Like she's yeah. just like sad. Oh, I guess her parents have split up. But like the parent that happened a while. And also like she gets along with her mom's current husband. Like yeah. there's not even drama there. She gets along with her mom's current husband. She gets along with her dad. She gets along with her mom. And they've been separated for a long time. Yeah. It's not like a sudden thing that she's in the wake of. This is the only reason she's going to live with her dad is because like her parents have to like start a new studio or something. It's because her father-in-law her stepdad is a baseball player right and so like so she had been summering with her uh with her dad and now she's like living there full time right i, I actually do like the scene where you see her how her room and it's like still full of like all of her like kitty shit yeah i think that's kind of fun yeah and that's when i thought the movie would be i don't know i, I thought i thought it would say more i had i had high expectations and that's on me <laughs> whereas only lovers left alive i like i said high expectations for a different reason a little slow I do like it. I think it's got. I think it's definitely worth seeing. I think it probably rank it closer to the bottom of Charmers, but that's only because I like. Yeah, he's know, a very good director. Yeah, Down by Law and Dead Man and Ghost Dog, and they're all such classics. Yeah, I will say for me, I also like. I I think I've told you before. Like, I feel like I have like an extremely high tolerance for like slow meandering bullshit because I like studied like art history in college, and we would just watch video installations. They're just forty five minutes of, like. And you're all eating a hamburger and you're like, this is interesting for a lot of reasons. It's not like actively fun to watch. But if you're like 
doing some mental work during it to like figure out what's interesting about it you can like watch it and once you learn how to do that you can watch literally anything and i, I do agree and i do like a lot of only lovers i think i think jim jarmusch's dialogue is so such that weird energy yeah it's kind of similar to what twilight is doing with that very like just talking about mundane stuff mm-hmm. but i think jarmusch just has this edge where he can like drop in weird little like uh punchlines I think no one deploys curse words better than like Jarmusch does because like his characters don't curse a lot, but when they do, it's just like so fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, the one the joke where I laughed out loud really hard was when Anton Yelkin's body gets disintegrated and she told us when she just goes, "Well, that was very visual." Yeah. <laughs> also, what was that? There's just like a vat of. A- I mean, I believe there's a vat of acid somewhere in Detroit, but why and where and how? And why is it not covered? But that's I think what Jarmusch does really well is he does these just weird little things that just like the characters act like it makes sense, but like it's just weird. Yeah. Like Ghost Dog does that a lot with just like these really weird Italian mobsters and like Ghost Dog choosing really weird ways to kill people for no reason. Right. Um I mean Coffee and Cigarettes does that a ton. Oh, of course. Like the all the his weird obsession like Jarmusch's obsession with Tesla has gone on for like forty years now. Yeah. Oh, that's like Jack White has Oh also I love like the Jarmusch extended universe callback where they just drive by Jack White's house and they're like, Oh, we love Jack White. We're vampires, we love Jack White. <laughs> and that's what I feel like I feel like Only Lovers is actually kinda like Twilight in this way, in that I think Jarmusch is kinda playing to the fans. Like, people who know his stuff already. Mm. He's, like, very much, like, for the people who already like Jarmusch's weird vibe. He's, like, not really trying to, like, tell a broader story. Which is the same way Twilight is assuming you already have read the books and already are invested in these characters. True. Yeah. Anyway, good movies, though. Yeah. You were talking about how meandering it is. And that Mm -hmm. is kind of, like, I feel like I've been harping on every single episode about how Highbrow, for me, is focusing on non-narrative storytelling and this is ultimate not narrative storytelling because because there is no narrative there's tension at least there's characters who have disagreements about stuff they're like upset it's it's not like just the vibes like you know they he's sad they have thoughts you know the sister shows up it does seem like he might try to kill himself although then he doesn't right yeah he's just too bummed to even do that yeah it's very funny we should talk about tilda swinton yes who is a strange alien creature who just seems in all of these weird genre movies that she's in, she just seems like that's just probably what she's like. I don't know. Like, she seems delightful. No matter what movie she is in, I just assume she rolled out of bed and looked like that that morning. Yeah. Like whether it's, you know, she's like in, you know, Michael Clayton or this movie or even just fucking Grand Budapest where she's in all the old people makeup. I just kind of assume that's just how she woke up that day. Yeah. She's also in Dead Don't Die in like a crazy role. They're all crazy roles I think for she, Tilda. In Dead Don't Die, she literally plays an alien. Like she turns oh, out, I mean, the spoilers were sure. dead don't die, but right. I don't think you're going to watch it or anybody else. Yep. It's not great. Yep. She turns out to be an alien. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Why would you cast Tilda Swinton as a human? I just don't understand. Yeah. When when were you first like aware of Tilda Swinton? as Because like, like, Tilda's been around since like the 90s. You know, I think Orlando was like her big break, which is like a, the perfect role for her. I haven't seen Orlando. I'm trying to think like early Tilda, early Tilda Swinton movies. So for me, it was uh, Constantine, where she plays like an angel. Uh, oh, I only saw Constantine like... Three weeks ago. Constantine's a good movie. I it's like that movie. insane. Peter Stormare doing the Lord's work or the devil's work as the devil. Just, it was just swimming in the river of ham. Mm-hmm. Is that the expression? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's such, he's so great. It's such a hammy performance. And Tilda, I think, is really good. She's like the, the androgynous angel, like Gabriel. Yeah. She's got like a really fun energy. She's like, it's really, really like, oh, I, I, it's a movie that makes you pay attention to her. And then I think right around there, she's in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I feel like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, White Witch was like her mainstream-ish moment. Like that was like, I feel like, like also again, perfect role for her as a nice queen. Like 
anything where you transform into something is a good total role i feel like yeah well anything where she is some otherworldly creature is perfect yeah she's like it and it's not just that she has like an interesting face which she, she, oh, she was in the beach which is in she's interesting in that she's interesting in every she's just an interesting because human it's funny after us talking about how she is like perfect as like a non-human in the beach she is just like a but in a, in a weird way, a similar character to she, how she is in Only Lovers Left Alive, where she's like this like world-traveling hipster, but in The Beach is like the very realistic version, but also how that is Insidious. Oh, interesting. Have you seen The Beach? I haven't seen The Beach. It's a Danny Boyle movie? I think so, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. It, it, it's Leo. I, I think I remember like it, it was seen as a bit of a disappointment at the time. It's like kind of people people like it now. It's okay. I don't know. I was I was expecting more and it was kind of mediocre. Yeah. I mean, some of those old, old like the young Leo movies... It feels like it took took a while to really like figure shit out as an actor. Yeah, it feels very nineties-y, or is it early two thousands? It just feel feels very of its time. I honestly could. I'm looking at her ID right now. I could not tell you when I first became aware of her. She's just like part of the universe. <laughs> she has always been. She will always be. <laughs> yeah, it's like when when did you first find out about? I don't know. The sky. Yeah. <laughs> she's so she's so good in this movie she's she's so funny and everything her in Trainwreck is the funniest thing have you seen i have not seen Trainwreck. i should Trainwreck is is you know the amy schumer judd mm-hmm. apatow movie and tilda swinton plays the like head editor of like the magazine that amy schumer writes for perfect and, and she plays it as just like it took took me like half the movie to realize it's her because they they put her in like a lot of makeup long long hair they basically play her as just like a hot older blonde lady with no weird tilde energy and it's just like the most transformed i've ever seen <laughs> Tilda Swinton. and it's so so funny she is like absolutely every scene she's on she's just like so like above it all she's like so selfish it's so funny yeah she is a really good comedy actress she's good at everything we love Tilda Swinton. yeah she's really yeah and then hiddleston's really good in this movie mm-hmm. i mean he is, I guess I know him best from, you know, the Thor movies. Right. I don't know what his big breakout was. Exactly. It was Thor. It so was he Thor. He was in, in independent movies before Thor. But when they announced the cast of Thor, it was like, everyone was like, wait, who the hell is Tom Hiddleston? And I guess Chris Hemsworth was in uh, Star Trek for the first five minutes. He plays right. uh, Kirk's dad in the opening of Star Trek. Got it. Okay. Um, so yeah, Hiddleston, the Thor was his breakout. So like he's like best in that those movies. He's just like insanely likable, right? Despite being the a villain, yeah. And that's like his whole thing. And in this movie, he's also. I mean, he's still insanely likable. He's incredibly handsome. He's a little prickly in this movie though, which yes, is fun. I like that. I and as Loki, he's prickly, but in a like charming. Like the movie wants you to like him. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, I think only lovers are also meant to like him, but he's like a lot more prickly. <laughs> Yeah, he seems like a person who you like in a movie, but you would not want to hang out with. Exactly. Yeah, he's very funny, but like if I was in the same room as that guy, I would leave that room like pretty quickly. Yeah, because he would just be impossible to have a conversation with, <laughs> as would Tilda's character in a different way, in that she would be very chatty, but I would just have no, I could not empathize with her as a human because she'd be talking about Tangiers. He'd <laughs> be like, yeah, man, that's great. Have you ever it's been like, to Silver Lake? <laughs> yeah. And she'd be like, what's Silver Lake? I mean, I, this is fine. <laughs> it's cool. You're different here. worlds. Yeah. You just like have to hope. You just like start saying TV shows, hoping she's seen once. You can just pretend to care about. Yeah, that it's like when people talk about like how they travel a lot or go on vacation. All like I can't identify with this. I am poor. It's like man, I'm 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 happy for you, but I just have very little add to this conversation. But nodding and secretly being pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Hiddleston's great in this. Tilda's great, and I feel like when this movie came out, it was like what 2014. That would have been something to add to the synopsis. Yeah, something like that, and. I feel like this was like the height of 
We all love Tilda. It was pretty close after her Oscar. Oscar, no, Oscar was 2007. So, but still like 2013. All, 2013. So like uh, Thor had already come out. Hiddleston was having a moment, you know, and he's like sort of like all the cool like like goth people like him. Uh, he was sort of like the all, you know, he was in that zone of just like skinny British men who were obsessed. Like Cumberbatch breaks out around the same time. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Tilda was like, I feel like the whole pitch of this movie was just sort of like, like, hey, alt kids who like weird stuff on the internet. Do you like hipsters and music and movies and like skinny people, like skinny British people? <laughs> skinny British Are you people. upset about the man? <laughs> like it was, it hits the, the film hipsters and music hipsters and like fucking, you know, hipsters on who you have a crush on in high school. Like these it are is, all the alt people. It it's is the a movie thing. that finally succeeds in humanizing hipsters. It's in, great. A, in the most insane <laughs> way, which is that they are immortals. It, it It's just so funny to contrast that like, twilight which is like it's this phenomenon but this is kind of insane which is like it feels like only lovers is drawing on also a group of people who are like a little more understandable i feel yeah, like weirdly yeah like only lovers is the more kind of like it's trying to meet you halfway yeah more than twilight is twilight's like we exist this is what it is you either love us or you haven't read the book <laughs> right <laughs> it's like here's the here's the book yeah here it is do you like it i don't fucking care <laughs> yeah but only lovers it is you know jarmer's just playing to his boys but like and girls but like it, it's at least like kind of fun like it's trying they're really trying to lean into like yeah like if you like all this alt shit here's this movie that's all that it's all just fun hipster vibes all the people you already like you know i think anton yelchin and uh, uh mia wasikowska were also like ascending at very this time. buzzy at the time yeah, yeah. i think mia wasikowska was coming off of like the kids are all right and alice's wonderland like she was in kind of everything. Oh, was she Alice? Yeah. Oh, okay, right. That was the same. Those movies came out the same year, so it was like this. It went from no one knows who this girl is to she was in a billion dollar movie and an Oscar nominated movie in right. like a span of like six months. She's good. What what has she been up to? You don't have to look it up. Okay. <laughs> then I don't know. I, I'm sure she's like been doing working. I'm sure she's just been on like a hit show she's type show. On a TV show. Yeah. yeah that, like I feel like that's always what happens when an actor I love just disappears. We just lose them to Showtime. Yeah. They're just like, oh, they're on the affair. They're in billions. <laughs> they're all in billions. <laughs> Giamatti has been in billions. I saw Giamatti in Gunpowder Milkshake like a month ago. Yeah. Which is a movie that's pretty fun. And yeah. I was like, man, he's great. It's fucking billions took him from us. <laughs> I, now, <Damn> billion. <laughs> I don't want to watch billions. Is now you're you're like sending like mail bombs to the billions offices to try to get Paul Giamatti back in the movie. He was so good. Do we have time to just talk about how great Paul Giamatti is? Let's yeah. do it. Paul Giamatti, sideways, love him. It's so funny in sideways. It's like single handedly tanked the Merlot business just by this line reading of "I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot." Yeah, he's so good in that. He's so good in Cinderella Man. He's so funny in uh in gun in like shoot 'em up and gun Oh shoot up shoot 'em ups with the carrot, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what an insane movie. I just love that like Paul Giamatti just is this just odd, schlubby little man who is just by sheer fact of being just so likable and so funny and, and so good at it. It's like Bashemi's the same way. We're like, I can't believe that you looked in the mirror and we're like, I'm gonna be an actor, and then everybody else was like, Yeah, you're right. And I'm so glad they did that. I know, we yeah. need it. <laughs> man i would uh i, I guess I, I haven't seen them in the later twilight movies but i do know they bring in like michael sheen and they bring in like dakota fan they bring in like actor actors yeah he's doing a lot i i think giamatti they would never let him within two miles of the set of a twilight movie but giamatti and twilight would be oh, so good as like who would he play would he be her dad Collins. i don't know oh, Colin? <laughs> wait he would be a, 
He would be a colon. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. This is my. It's bitch. just like Kellen Lutz, whatever the hot dad is. <laughs> fucking our pass, and then Giamatti's just in the corner, like, "Hey, what's up, I sparkle too." <laughs> This is my pitch. It's just like, we're going to war with the werewolves. We need to call on the New York Collins. The New York Collins. <laughs> and it's Buscemi, and it's Giamatti, and it's fucking Bobby Bacalao from The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve Van Zandt. I'm, I guess, just the cast of The Sopranos at this point. Yeah. <laughs> just all respected New York. Okay, I got your big ZD with blood in it. <laughs> Bring in the tooch. The dude, all, touch the tooch. Just everybody who's in independent movies in New York in the 90s, and they just show up in like whatever they those actors were wearing. Like, yeah, with New York college. What oh the my fuck? God, <laughs> fucking Little Italy Vampires is a movie that should exist if it doesn't. I feel like the only person who can make that movie is Jim Jarmusch, <laughs> and instead he did only Love Without the Lie. I mean, basically, you're pitching, a, you're pitching a cross between Ghost Dog and Only Lovers Left Alive. Oh my god, I want that so much. And then Ghost Dog would be played, basically. Yeah. Oh my, oh my god. god. We gotta call Jim. We gotta get in touch with Jim. Jim Jarmusch would not acknowledge Jim, our existence. Jim, if you're listening, Jim Jarmusch, please call us. <laughs> my phone number is... We can believe that. Yeah, we're gonna have to believe a lot in this episode. Live. Are these good vampire movies? Here's my question. I think Only Lovers Left Alive is very successful at exploring what it, what, like the burden of being ageless Mm -hmm. and the burden of being like, and like kind of the, the consequence of this like cultivated worldliness and how it kind of like affects your personality and your outlook on the world and your ability to enjoy the world. Yeah. Whereas Twilight, I think is trying to do the more vampires as sexual beings thing from this very regressive standpoint. I don't, I mean, like, it's hard for me because I'm biased because I think its opinions are wrong. I think yeah. like, the take is wrong. I also don't know that it's really successfully, like, selling that. Yeah. I kind of appreciate the swing. Yeah. I is. like that they ripped each other apart and put them in bonfires. Yeah, that was pretty wild. The funniest fucking part of this movie is the, in theory, the emotional climax. Bella got bitten. Edward has to now suck out the poison, but not suck out so much blood that it's going to kill her. And he's been struggling not to bite her this whole time. Yeah. So, like, that's all, like, pretty. Like, that's actually like, clever. That's a good, like, storytelling ending. Mm-hmm. So that's all going on. And in the background, it's just a fucking bonfire. The Collins are just, like, throwing in body and body. <laughs> in the background, out of focus. They're all like, yeah. They're, like, partying and shit. <laughs> you know, there's, like, fucking cool-ass, like, 2008 alt-rock music is playing. It's like, He's, like, sucking. But they're just a rager going on. That, to me, is, like, the... A metaphor for my opinion on Twilight is that there's this all this shit in the foreground I don't care about. And in the background, out of focus, is some dope ass metal shit that I want to see more of. I want more of like uh I can uh I want more of Killer Cam. I want yeah. more of uh, Although Ron. I want I want him to lose that fucking wig. Hair, yeah. Oh man, and Taylor Lautner's wig is real bad. In the second movie, it's like a big scene where he cuts, cuts it. it. Yeah. yeah. I wonder did that happen in the book? Or do you think that was just sort of like we need to sell posters with you on it, so we need to cut the hair? I think it's more they like just realize that they made a grave mistake. Yeah, it makes sense. Or they like fired their costume designer. <laughs> Oh, the one scene that I was going to talk about earlier mm-hmm. of like another moment I actually really liked in Twilight was mm-hmm. when it's after Kill a Cam like gets gets the scent and is wants to wants to get Bella mm-hmm. and they're like running to his Jeep and then she starts getting the Jeep and like Edward starts trying to like do her seatbelt up. She's like, I'm fine, just fucking stop it, stop it, get in the car. <laughs> and I'm like, this is exactly what it is. Like he loves her so much that he is like getting in the way of helping her because he's trying to help her too much. Which I wish the movie leaned into. Yeah. I, if the, movie, the movie's not about that. No, the movie thinks all that behavior is correct, I think. Whereas I think the more interesting movie is one where they actually acknowledge like 
I, I acknowledge this is how you feel, but like take a step back, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one of the only moments of like her standing up for herself and like having agency is her telling Edward to stop trying to do up her seatbelt. That also that scene also is another really funny moment I, I know of where they're like driving away and then she's like, whoop, someone. Oh, Kellen Lutz is just on the roof. And Edward's like, don't worry, that's just Kellen Lutz on the roof. She's like, what? It just cuts to that like exterior and he's just like on the car, like fucking surfing on yeah. it, basically. I like Kellen Lutz a lot. He's fun. Like, I got, there's, there's shit in this movie that I think is, is like. This I, is why I like these movies. But there's just not enough of that. It's all in the background, out of focus. <laughs> and that's my issue with Twilight. And and also, like, the other stuff. But, like, that's my issue. <laughs> yeah, we, we keep on having to, like, add the asterisk and this movie hates women to, like, everything about it. It's like, I, this movie's got a lot of interesting stuff. It also hates women, don't it? <laughs> in, like, the very fast, like, side effects of, like, in, like, the commercial, like, voice. <laughs> right. Like, may cause inflammation, gastroenteritis, yeah. and, <laughs> and hating women. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. I mean, like, I I'm glad I've seen it. I'm glad I've checked it off my box. I think it actually does make kind of a fun uh, um, counterpoint with Only Lovers Left Alive, which yeah. is like very artsy, very highbrow. I think they're both trying to bring something new to vampires. They're both grappling with the like psychological trauma of living forever, right? And of like being this like otherworldly being. Yeah. I have a question for you. What would you say is just the best vampire movie? Like, what do you think is like a, a vampire movie that is just, like unabashedly just like great and beloved like i because you know we're talking like, doing sharks maybe later and like yeah. jaws, jaws is the the shark movie yeah. right and like so like you've got nosferatu i like, dra- I'm not uh, the biggest nosferatu guy yeah it's not it's it, i mean it's interesting but yeah it's the main character sucks yeah and you know it, it's a silent movie that's not a silent drama i have a i think silent comedies are great the silent dramas don't always play for me as well yeah it's and, funny i feel like my favorite vampire thing is true blood it might be but yeah that's not a movie if we're talking just movies yeah right it's kind of i feel like there's not a like i mean definitive. interview of the vampire is like a big one it's very fun i think it's it's quite close to the true blood and its overall vibe i think i mean bram stoker's dracula not very well particularly well beloved um, I mean, he's like Blade, but that's not like Blade a two. vampire movie. Yeah, Blade Two is fun. Yeah, um, and then you have like The Strain, which I think we talked about at length. Off, ca- I mean, we can't get started on The Strain right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh man, we'll just be screaming for days <laughs> if we start getting into The Strain. I love those books, and uh, yeah, no, the show's got good stuff, and it's stuff that I thought they could have done differently. Um, but like, yeah, it's interesting. I feel like there's not like a. They're, I mean, they're tough to do well. Yeah, and it, but it feels like a, a subject matter that's like so classic that you'd think there'd be a definitive. Like I guess maybe only lovers is like the definitive like highbrow. Uh, I mean, is vampire. Twilight the definitive vampire movie at this point? And Interview with the Vampire? Yeah, because the only I mean, there's true, but there's a, I mean, Thirty Days a Night is a good you know vampires as monsters. Um, I heard that the Chan Wook Park movie Thirst is very good. Yeah, like very Chan Wook Park, like very schlocky. Um, in a good. I mean, I love he's such a good director. Yeah, was there's like Daybreakers. Mm-hmm. I'm, there's not a lot of straightforward event. it's funny because it's like a genre that's been like plumbed so to the the depths have been plumbed so deeply that there's never just a straightforward like Dracula movie anymore right, it, it but does, what is the straightforward Dracula movie that we're all running away from it's all it, I mean it really feels like just is everyone's responding to like the 1929 1939 Dracula yeah like every vampire movie after that seems like a revisionist take on it yeah and, and it's like the book and just like the like how it's just in our culture so deeply yeah I do really want to see uh, Vampire's Kiss, the Nicolas Cage movie. I think the movie's supposed oh, to be I, crazy. There's a really good uh, How This Get Made episode about it. I think that seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, that seems rough. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, weird. I mean, I like. I think vampires are cool. There's I a really I, bad X-Files episode about vampires. I believe it. <laughs> there's a lot of X-Files episodes in general. There's got to be a few bad ones. In yeah. There. I mean, 
Yeah, no, it's weird. I, I, I like a lot of this stuff. I mean, I like, I like Blade. I like Only Lovers Left Alive. Uh, I think, like I said, I think 30 Days of Night is, is a pretty fun movie. Uh, there's people who really ride for Salem's Lot, the the mini, TV miniseries. Right. Although I think that's like probably a better book than it is a than it is a series. But I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Weird, yeah, right? I mean, I guess I've still got to say... Is it True Blood and Twilight? True, True Blood and Twilight are the best. And it's funny, like, True Blood is really a spiritual successor to... The interview of the vampire book series, right? Like it has very is like the sub the goth southern gothic vampire, yeah. And it's, it really feels like like it does feel like a spiritual successor to those books, even though there is a movie of them. And I love both of those Anne Rice books. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Maybe maybe the time is right for just like a classic. Someone just do Dracula just by the books. Yeah, I'm I'd, sure somebody. I'm sure somebody's pitched it. Now I'm just trying to even like look them up on the internet. Just like what are vampire movies? Yeah, what what's a vampire? Movie? What's a vampire? Um, I don't know. Interesting, right? Like I, I feel like Near Dark is good. Near Dark is good, but that is also a weird take on vampires. Yeah, like Catherine Bigelow. Right, because it feels like there's plenty of like zombie movies that are just kind of zombie movies. What We Do in the Shadows is very good. Oh yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula. He's not so good. No. Yeah. Sorry, Francis Ford Coppola. If you're listening, we like a lot of your other work. Kronos. Oh, Kronos is so good. The Guillermo del Toro movie. But again, a weird take on it. Oh, Let the Right One In is uh, very good. But also probably, not a traditional vampire movie. Yeah, that might be the best. I think if there is a if there is a consensus best vampire movie, it actually, at least among film people, it's Let the Right One I In. I think it would be Let the Right One In. That movie is like incredible. <laughs> From Dust Till Dawn. Oh. oh, we forgot about a lot. There's a lot, but there's, they're all revisionist movies. There's no just, there's no, no just Dracula movie. Yeah. There's no, I mean, and even all of them are like pretty in-depth revision. It's usually not just like, I don't know, like weirdly only lovers lost alive is a more, one of the more traditional takes on a vampire. Just yeah, at least in, in that they don't lore. have any like weird bullshit that they can do. Like, like the twilight superpowers. Right. It's not like all these other pitches are it's vampires, but we have this weird idea about what they would be. Whereas only lovers is it's vampires. You know them. You love them. What if they were hipsters? Um, yeah, decisions. I think. I think we both agree. Only lovers is, is a is a more successful movie. Yeah, I think it's a successful exploration of vampires. Yeah. I think Twilight is wild, and I enjoy watching <laughs> it. But I don't know if it is a successful movie in the sense that we mean it. Right. And I mean, I've I've, I've been. I feel like I've been really hard. I've been harder on Twilight in the past hour and a half than I uh, meant to. I did not come. In, I didn't feel like I came in hot, and then I just worked myself up into a fucking froth. Um, yeah, I don't know. Same, same here. I think Only Lovers, not my favorite genre movie. I think I mentioned the ones already that I would love. I mean, if you, if, uh, if you're curious, I think probably maybe not a lot of people listening have seen Only Lovers Left Alive, but I do recommend it. But I think you know, any Jim Jarmusch movie is a really interesting filmmaker, really important for like uh, independent film, obviously. Like, yeah, you know, all stuff stuff in the '80s was like very influential and and yeah, interesting man. Yeah, I will say if you want to watch Only Lovers, you can kind of have your phone out. <laughs> You can kind of do other stuff while you're doing it. I hate I hate that you say that, <laughs> but also I did that too. It's very it's just vibes. It's good vibes. It's I love it. Um, recommendations. I, I like that we did that last time. It's like what have you been watching? What have you been doing? Like recommendations for the people at home. Fire fire it up. Fire it up. I watched Fire It Up last night and it was <laughs> remarkable. It is the funniest <laughs> goddamn movie. Despite Josh being a little persnickety about how they don't have enough conflict, it is just a joke machine and I miss joke machines. It's great. Watch Fire It Up. Watch it twice. Man, okay. So now I feel bad because the thing I came prepared with was like a book and now I feel really weird just like recommending like a pretty artsy book. Do it. And you just like to compare it to Fire It Up. But no, I finished reading um, the Kazuro Ishiguro book, uh, Clara and the Sun. 
which is just it came out this year it's so good it's so interesting um about like an artificial uh friend person who like is there to like take care of like a, a child and it's from that perspective it's so it's a really great book if you read books read this book if you're literate <laughs> you're read this literate. book that's the poll quote yeah i don't know i mean i mean shit, i don't know if we're ever gonna have like a wide i mean shit highbrow lowbrow kazuo ishiguro and fired up yeah <laughs> oh my God. promise of the premise we delivered we're gonna have to cut down this segment by a lot there's a lot of chuffa we gotta get rid of but i think we ended in a funny ass place all right um I but yeah that, ra- that wraps it up wait we please give it rate review and subscribe give us a rating give us a review subscribe to our podcast uh, we're having a lot of fun. We'd love to keep doing it. Um, and I think ratings are good for people finding a podcast, right? Yeah. Good for metrics. Can't be bad. Yeah. Give us a, give us a five star. Five is the most. Yeah. Five star reviews Six only. if you can do it. Yeah. If you, you know, if you're going to do a four, that's fine. But tell, if you see us, tell us it was a five to our face. Text me at... <laughs> We're going to have to believe that again. Unless you're giving someone else's number as a prank, in which case you got to leave No, that is my phone number. <laughs> Weird that you're doing that. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Hi, bro, over. We'll be back uh, with uh, another episode next week. Don't know which one. We have a big list. It'll be a lot of fun. Bye forever. <laughs> Bye forever. <laughs>